SaaS people to the SaaS Revolution show, bringing you front row seats to the SaaS Revolution courtesy of Sascribe Media. Uh, again, I'm your host uh, uh, today, Alex Thuma, uh, and really excited to um, have on the show uh, with me a special guest, uh, Jacob Maroft, the uh, co-founder and uh, CMO of PipeTop. Welcome, Jacob. Uh, hi, and uh, hey, Alex. Thanks for uh, having me. Yeah, no, no, it's uh, it's a real pleasure. Thanks for uh, taking the time out today to to join the show. Now, um, I, I mentioned that you're the, the co-founder and CMO of PipeTop, which is a you know B two B lead generation SaaS. Uh, but can you tell uh, the audience, I guess, you know, more about PipeTop if they've not heard of you before? You know, where are you based? What stage you're at? Um, you know, as a, a SaaS startup? You know, are you funded, etc. Sure. Um, we are based out of Copenhagen. Uh, started around one year ago uh, within an incubator called Founders here, mm-hmm. um, which has funding from uh, a few wealthy Danish families. Um, and what PipeTop does is actually really simple. It's a sales prospecting tool that helps B2B salespeople first narrow down their ideal set of companies um, that are pre-qualified for them and then they should target. And then on top of that, we help them find the decision makers within those companies, their emails, etc. And now we are building actually a whole suite of applications that will help them connect with those decision makers even further. Um, and we started this because, frankly, there hasn't been like a Google of this space. I mean, um, we've worked in a couple of other B2B sales organizations before ourselves with my co-founder, uh, and nobody has really nailed this, and sales or, like uh, people within sales organizations were always running a little bit like chickens around seeking for the right leads, who to contact, uh, how to find all the contact information, etc. Um, and because nobody has really solved this, and we've worked in this space and we are passionate about it, uh, we say let's give it a go. And Obviously, one year later, we still feel the same. Um, we've gotten a little bit more than what, a half a million dollars of funding. Um, we are now four full-time people on it, mm-hmm. um, kind of reaching that uh, initial traction phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's all good. Awesome, awesome. So th- thanks for that intro. And um, you know, so we've been talking sort of previous uh, uh, to the podcast, uh, and, and that um, uh, we decided that you know the theme to uh, talk about today would be the road uh, to your first twenty B two B customers. So uh, you're still happy to be uh, you know transparent and uh, and talk about this uh, topic today. Yeah, sure. Uh, I love it. Excellent. Good. Otherwise, uh, I don't know what we would do if you said no. But uh, <laughs> yeah. So um, okay. So you know, jumping into the first question, then. So you you know, for for Pipe Top, did your journey to your first twenty B two B customers start with the the customer development process? Yeah, I mean, naturally, we interviewed around forty to fifty B two B sales organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, our aim was just to really try to understand their pain points. Um, I mean, we, we've had some experience in this field before, uh, but then we kind of just wanted to uh, either, basically you're looking to disprove your hypothesis in the beginning uh, because you're no, never really right. Um, but then actually what we found is that, you know, customer development in B2B especially can and should be so much more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so like the big lessons were that like 
out of customer development in B2B, you should be able to get customers, you should be able to get advisors, uh, even some future employees, if you do it right. Um, so, I don't know, do you want to go a little bit more deep into kind of our lessons were? And yeah. some, of, uh, some of the mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, one, one lesson is that you, you, should, you should really structure it as if, uh, as if this is your sales process in a way. Like, prepare well, well have a target goal. Okay, we want to speak to 40 B2B sales managers. Um, and then go from that top goal on, okay, how many people do we then need to ask for interest? How many people do we have in our close network? Um, how do we actually reach those people? And how do we convince them to dedicate, I don't know, 20 minutes of, of their time, right? Mm -hmm. um, and really try to be kind of honest with yourself that uh, we are not doing this just to, to, to go quickly through it, to just um, approve everything, uh, like our assumptions, but to really question them. Uh, so we have to speak with the right size uh, of companies. We have to speak with... Uh, basically qualified companies that can eventually buy your product. Because the end goal, I, I believe, of, of customer development in B2B have to be customers. Um, it's not, uh, I, I read this somewhere and I think it's such an awesome, um, it's such an awesome story that uh, you, you have to basically go with them, you know, the, listen to their problems um, and develop the, the first product that you can actually sell them to them um, and so that was that was some of the good stuff that we learned um, then another thing is that like you really have to leverage your network here mm -hmm. um, so you obviously you you won't have probably 40 companies that you can just talk to directly within your own network so you have to le leverage kind of your second degree network, maybe even your third degree network, um, if you want to really reach those uh, goals of, I don't know, 40, 50 companies you want to talk to. Mm -hmm. um, and then one caveat here also, like, let's say you, you cannot reach that goal um, or, or you're stopped at, uh, uh, you, you do 10 customer development interviews, but then you don't know who, who else to, to talk to, right? Uh, Okay, if you've done everything you, you could even do, did some targeted cold emails to, to get to those customer development interviews, and you still couldn't get to more than 10 uh, companies you talked to, maybe that's not the market you should be in. Uh, because, uh, it, you know, in the beginning, you really need support of your network. So you really need to be into something that you have previously worked in and that you can lean onto your peers that, and friends that they will help you. Maybe you can sell something to them, maybe they can help you hire, but without a network in B2B it's really hard. Um, then also one, one kind of small thing is that uh, try to give something in return. So uh, we, what we did is like we bought a bunch of uh, predictable revenue books mm -hmm. uh, and then maybe a week or two later after we've done the customer development with somebody uh, we, we would send it to them uh, with a thank you note. So they will always remember that uh, and they will kind of be rooting for us. So you're trying to basically build some kind of network of supporters 
Uh, and here is actually one mistake that we did, uh, that we didn't keep in touch with the whole network. Uh, we, we kept in touch with those companies that were really qualified for us and that uh, we actually ended up selling to something well, when we had a product. Mm -hmm. um, but we should have kept in touch with everybody because you never know, you know, those, those people are then rooting for you. I mean, they, they've helped, they, they've taken some of their time, they've helped you a little bit. Uh, and they're really trying to push you forward. So you never know when they're going to refer you somebody from their network. Hey, maybe you should look uh, into PipeTop because they're doing something interesting in this space, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you mentioned, um, well, I, I guess through the customer development selling, you know, well, some of those um, would be potential customers and in fact became potential customers. So, totally, uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, as we talk about this sort of uh, early sales process, you know, I think I, I read in a um, a blog post that you've written that you you, you know uh, you describe yourself as well as you know uh, an introvert ex engineer. Yeah. Um, so you know what what major problems did you have in the the sales process early on? I guess not necessarily having this you, you know sales background. Well, look, I think the most important kind of uh, learning for me was just getting used to the nose. Mm -hmm. Um. And then there are so many different forms of no's. You have like, you, you just have like, you know, some people will never respond to you. Mm -hmm. uh, some people will say, we are using something else. Some people will say, we don't have a budget. Uh, some people will say, we just do this ourselves. Whatever, right? You're getting 10 no's a day. Mm -hmm. And you have to get really comfortable with it. It's nothing wrong with it. Um, because... Once you get one, one yes after 10 no's, it, it feels great, right? Um, and also this, this, this very early stage sales process is kind of like, it's one part selling, it's one part evangelizing, and it's one part still being in the customer development, which kind of never ends. Um, because you're really trying to understand their pain points um, uh, as you're building the product. Because you, you maybe have just like a few features in the beginning, and you're trying to see, okay, which, which direction should we take next? Um, and then also another problem was that, you know, me, me having not that much sales uh, experience before, it's just like, how do you respond to sales objections? Um, because especially with an early product, you're going to get a lot of sales objections because your product kind of sucks. Mm -hmm. um, it has like maybe one-fifth of the features you would ideally want to have there um, your web website, like sales website, is not complete, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right? Um, so, and this is actually really the first time you're asking people, you're asking people for money, right? So you're, you're really getting then honest answers at that point. Uh, so it's really helpful that you do it with another person. In this case, with it with a co-founder, and then you're building a set of common objections that you're just listing down. And then you are learning them so that like, when, when they hit you, you're ready. Because there are a lot of things that don't work at that point. At least you can be prepared uh, when you hear the most common objections. So it's interesting. Um, so you, a couple of things there. So you mentioned obviously doing this together, uh, the sales process with your, your co-founder. Quite often I, I hear, obviously, you, the, 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 there's quite often a scenario with there is you know, a more commercial-orientated uh, co-founder and then you, you know the, the technical 
uh, sort of co-founder um, and normally the commercial orientated uh, co-founder does the sales and you know the, the technical co-founder is busy coding but you know in, in in your case was it the experience that both you and your co-founder were, were actually you know involved in the sales process um, yeah actually we are both engineers um, and now we both kind of at the same time we are transitioning more to being this business persons or marketing persons and salespersons at the same time, right? Uh, and we were also lucky that we started this company within an incubator. So from the get-go, we were able to actually be first three people and then four people. So two two persons um, solely dedicated to engineering. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then me and my co-founder doing uh, everything, the rest, so uh, sales, marketing, design, product, etc. Um, yeah. Awesome. Uh, and and, and the, the, I guess kind of the second part to that was, you, you, you know, overcoming those, those no's, the objections, not having that, you know, sales experience and, and sort of background. Um, you, you know, were, were there any, uh, I guess, kind of books that, you read to help you with sales training or other resources out there that, that you, you, you can remember that kind of really helped you with this or was it just, you know, practice, practice, you know, in, in, in real terms? Yeah, actually, I mean, even, even this thing, just kind of listing down all the possible sales, sales objections that you encounter. Mm-hmm. I read this in a really good post from Stelly Efti mm-hmm. uh, from Close.io. Mm-hmm. So his blog post and his videos are really awesome. Uh, for early stage founders, um, then obviously we have this predictable revenue from Aaron Ross. This is kind of our bible. Mm-hmm. We've also been giving it to people during the customer development interview and so on. I'll, I'll be expecting a copy of that after the uh, the podcast, right? Oh, you haven't read it? I've got it. No. I've got oh, it. Okay. <laughs> um, then uh, obviously all the, the early Jason Lemkin answers on Quora—they're really epic uh, because they were like mainly sales related. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there were some earlier articles on, on cold emails from like Heather Morgan, Brian Kreuzberg and those guys. Uh, then Noah Kagan, he also has a ton of really good stuff. Uh, Mark Roberge, uh, and then some, some of the VCs like David Scott, uh, guys from Point9 Capital, Tom Tungus, uh, which just talked more a little bit about a high level kind of SaaS metrics and sales metrics. Uh, so that, that, was kind of, that was kind of it. Okay. Also, and, and what about the, the sales methods that you used in the beginning? You, you know, were, was it mainly cold emails? Um, you know, were you leveraging social networks like LinkedIn? Were you picking up the phone and you know cold calling uh, some of these customers? Yeah. So honestly, it was it was mainly email for uh, for direct outreach. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like just super personalized. Uh, short up to the point emails um, and we did like a couple of batches uh, of those in the, in the very early beginning where we almost didn't have anything and actually what I, what I would have done different now starting on would I would even um, do the outreach to even more companies at that time if let's say if I if I started now with one hundred, I would do it even to three hundred, mm-hmm. and I would do even more A/B testing of those emails, uh, both on the subject lines, both on the value proposition and stuff like that. Um, I actually saw a really good um, video from uh, from the early VP of marketing from Zenefits on this point, mm-hmm. 
because they did that and were able to really test their value proposition. Uh, kind of like, what is the one sentence uh, that converted the best? And then they incorporated that into their sales uh, marketing website, into all the other marketing materials, right? Uh, so back to my point, I would do even more cold emails. And it's not even that with that I would sell more. Probably the conversions would even be lower. But what's actually interesting is that now looking back, even to all those people that were saying, you know, all those different versions of no's that I talked before about, now we, could, now we can actually go back to them and we are saying, hey, we actually built this feature that you were asked about a few months ago, or hey, let me just update you on uh, our progress. Uh, and now, I mean, we actually have a little bit of rapport with them, so it's much easier to sell to them. So even though in the beginning you might not be able to sell to them, maybe like five months forward, mm -hmm. you're going to have an easier time getting from 10 to 20 customers or 10 to 50 customers. Because you've done a lot of legwork before, they have heard your company, you know, you have to kind of hear about somebody seven times um, to kind of keep it in your memory. And it's then much, much easier for them uh, to say, okay, that's interesting, let's hop on a call at that point. Because because this these guys are obviously sticking to it. They're working on their product. They actually delivered what they talked about. It's almost like um, you know, it's almost like an investment, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, uh, actually, to that that point, I, I read a good uh, article yesterday. I think by the the CEO of uh, CB Insights about that he was analyzing 147 cold emails uh -huh. that that he received. Um, and I can't remember what the percentage was, but it was like perhaps like in the, I think, you know, over 50 or, or more percent, you know, of uh, people that sent this sales email, you know, didn't follow up with a second email. So, you know, even because he didn't respond to the first, you're just missing that opportunity, even perhaps to build this rapport, um, yeah. you, you know, which I've seen personally as well, you know, when I've, uh, you know, sent sort of cold emails that perhaps on the third or the fourth one, you know, there's been a, a response. So I think, you know, people should always follow up because you can build that rapport because it, it does become easier. Yeah, that, that's a very good point. Um, that said, when you, when you have a really early product mm. and you know maybe you're not at a stage where this slightly bigger company would actually be able to buy it, you, you might not like push it to, to the very end, right? Mm. Um, you, you might play a little bit more polite card, uh, save a few of those bullets for, for later, right? So I wouldn't send them 10, uh, 10 follow-ups, but no, I would no, send no. always three, four. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, and, and uh, I, I guess, so you mainly focused on, uh, or, or pretty much you went all in, all in on emails, so there was no sort of cold calling or anything? No, I mean, for our target market, it just, didn't make sense to make cold calling. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, how we were getting actually those those early customers was uh, maybe like one third from the customer development. Mm -hmm. So those were the people that were kind of in our network or or uh, we got an intro to and then we did an interview and then we were updating them and then we converted them. Then one third were just kind of cold sales uh, and then one third were kind of inbound. Um, and inbound were uh, mainly referrals, um, kind of from 
from just wherever. I mean, so maybe somebody saw one blog post uh, and a friend liked it and then he converted. Or um, one we talked at some event at some point, he mentioned it to his friend and stuff like that. It was like the inbound at that point wasn't really structured. Uh, the only thing that was structured was following up on the customer development and doing kind of the structured uh, cold outreach. And the inbound just happened. Did you, or I'm assuming you structured your week in terms of the split of, you know, how many days you focused on, on selling? You know, what, what was that like in, uh, in the beginning? Did you and your uh, co-founder, like, take, you know, one day on, one day off, you know, swap between yourselves? Yeah, I mean, you know how it is. In the early days, there are so many different things you can do. Yeah. So you really have to be, I think, disciplined about it. Uh, and maybe even, you know, even though you know that you won't be able to dedicate the whole day, you just say to yourself, okay, I'm going to dedicate this half of day and today I'm only going to be doing the initial outreach. Mm-hmm. And then I know that in four days I'm going to be doing the follow-ups from, uh, for uh, two hours f- from those that won't respond to this email, right? So you still kind of try to specialize your time, you, you know, you kind of time box yourself a little bit because uh, we also know that like you know the best sales team eventually perform best when they really have specialized roles so then you just have, try to kind of specialize your time so i think we did like kind of like i would say probably altogether like two three days a week uh dedicated to sales <coughs> each of us uh we did like you know a lot of outreach a lot of email conversations two three demos a week uh, maybe closed Five percent of companies we actually reach out to. I mean, the I actually don't think the the initial conversion mattered that much, mm-hmm. just because of what I said before that you're just building the report, right? Mm-hmm. And that you you almost treat or we almost treated our initial cold sales outreach as a as a marketing channel. Mm-hmm. It's just like getting the word out. We exist. You know, check our website. Maybe eventually you'll come back. Now, now at least you know we exist. And, and so, uh, so now you are um, well. You say you, you started as uh, the, the engineer, but you know, as a co-founder, been wearing many hats, and uh, you, you know, now you have the uh, the, the chief marketing officer uh, sort of mantle, um, you know, to your name. Um, mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask you because obviously I, I, I first um, you know came across Pipe Top and, and yourself through um, you know some of the excellent blog posts that you've uh, been uh, writing and that have been. Uh, you know, widely shared, um, you know, mm-hmm. so uh, I wanted to ask, you know, what, what are your marketing sort of tips and what is your focus on uh, on marketing uh, now for, for, for Pipe Top? Okay, yeah, so on tips, I would, um, I would emphasize this thing that I've been talking, preaching about it now for a while, uh, which I call kind of like the jumpstart technique. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially in, in content marketing, but probably you, you can apply it to some other marketing tactics as well. But in content marketing, is like there's this notion that you have to do content marketing for a really long time to see the results. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm saying that it doesn't actually have to be like that. That if you actually take a week or two weeks and you dedicate them to one huge epic blog post, you first you research what what your target audience, what do they read, what do they share, you know where do they hang out. That's really important. Uh, you research that, 
and then you craft a content piece, be it, be it a video, be it a, an ebook, or or even just an article that is like just super epic, long, thorough, uh, has quotes, is well designed, and you put it out on the distribution channels where you saw that those people hang out with, you should see some results. Because you did something that actually doesn't scale in the long run. Because mm -hmm. you spend maybe a whole week or a whole two weeks just writing this content piece mm -hmm. and promoting it. So you should see the immediate results, a few signups, stuff like that, shares, uh, people thanking you on Twitter because you put something so awesome out immediately. If you did this wrong, if you did this right. Um, so I think it's a great test for early content marketing. Like we did it um, almost at the beginning of, of Pipetop just to see is, is content marketing a good tactics for us eventually. Mm -hmm. And with that blog post, we got like 12,000 views until now. Um, so, and, and we got signups and people thanking us and stuff like that. So we were like, okay, it is possible, but it's actually not our focus right now, so we'll just put it on the shelf for now. Mm -hmm. um, because we just had, you know, we were doing the cold sales outreach and all the other stuff, so we were really busy. Um, but we knew that eventually it can work for us. So then the, the next point is also, like, just spend at least half of your time on, like, content marketing on, uh, on distribution. Just, like, where are the people hanging out? How are you going to reach them? Uh, it's not just that you tweet it out and people will, and it's going to go viral. It doesn't happen like that, right? You need to find relevant newsletters, uh, uh, do some uh, outreach to, to those people that, that are curating them. I don't know, post in relevant LinkedIn groups, uh, growth hackers, um, Slack groups, you know, whatever it takes to distribute your content. And then another thing is also just copy the best. And it doesn't apply just to content marketing. It can also apply to, for example, you want to do AdWords, but you haven't done them before. Mm -hmm. Just go and see what kind of AdWords, I don't know, Mixpanel does or, or Buffer does or some of those great companies that you admire. I mean, they have probably spent a ton of time optimizing them, copy what works for them. Um, if you want to do some retargeting campaigns and you've never done them, you know, just click on a few retargeting vendors and they will start retargeting you and you will see, I mean, they're probably good at it. So you can learn a ton in, in that way, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, no, some uh, great tips there. And um, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, I, I can link to um, uh, that blog post that you wrote about the, the jumpstart technique, which was uh, absolutely sort of fascinating. Um, so, Oh, Alex, there, yeah. there's one more thing Go for I'll, it. <laughs> I'll really emphasize here. If, if you're doing early stage marketing, you have to be able to do a lot of stuff yourself um, and not just outsource uh, small design tweaks or outsource um, doing the AdWords campaigns or whatever. So you have to have like a really broad set of skills. Mm -hmm. um, and actually nowadays, when, when there is so much great resources out there to learn at least the basics about everything, uh, I think Brian Bafour at some point had a great blog post on it, like a T-shape of, of skills for growth marketers or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that's really important so that you can, you can do really quick uh, iterations and tests and tweaks and you don't have to nag uh, your engineers and stuff like that. Yeah, no, a a absolutely. I think, 
you, you know, as you say, there's so much available sort of resource out there online to help, you know, founders um, to effectively, you know, do content marketing to, um, you know, get better at uh, SEO, to do design, to uh, effectively do what needs to be, to, to be done, you know, in the beginning um, that, yeah, you know, need to bring it in-house and, and, and do it yourself. And uh, mm. that's where you're going to learn. Um, so um, really good advice there. And I think last, um, we're coming, uh, I, I think, uh, to, to the end, we're uh, sort of running out of time. Um, uh, we've got a, a, a question that I only started asking sort of last week and um, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm looking to, to ask to all guests sort of moving forward. Um, uh, as a closing question, now I know you, sure. you, you guys. You, you mentioned you're you're only uh, sort of one year into your journey. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I'm interested to uh, you know hear hear your answer here. But you know, uh, I guess the question then is, you know, what is the secret to to your success today, to to pipe top success today? Okay. Um, so uh, yeah, as I said, like you're still super early, right? Yeah. Um, but I mean, there there are a few things I think we did, I think we did quite right. Uh, so having, as I said before, just really good customer development is super important. You you need to get, I don't know, those five, six, seven early customers through that, mm-hmm. um, and we were able to do that right. And then one thing we also did really cool is like we have a very tight team, just you know four full timers even now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the the feedback loops that come from sales and marketing, and that can be incorporated into product are really slow. I mean, are really fast. Uh, so we can really iterate, uh, and at the same time, burn stays pretty low um, because of it. And then also one thing is that like the core team has previously we've all worked together, um, not necessarily all in in the same company, but. Uh, at least at some point, somebody has worked with one of us, uh, and so we kind of we have this trust, and we 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 know what what each one of us is able to do and deliver. Um, so that also helps to move a bit faster. Then also the the thing that we you know that that we done sales as founders, I think it's super important, uh, and that we are kind of slowly building the playbook for how to do sales for us. Uh, that will eventually help us also onboard the first install sales reps uh, and kind of be their their mentors in a way, um, and maybe also that kind of like we we built something that we've we've experienced before as a pain, mm-hmm. uh, and that even though you you know you every day you you keep getting the nose, uh, you you know that the problem exists mm-hmm. and that even yourself you haven't totally solved it yet um, and also that we've worked in this space and have a little bit of context and some credibility in the space that really helps a lot uh, just to get to those early customers you know awesome awesome well uh, I, I think you know on, on that note Jacob you know I want to say um, you know thanks for your time being a, a, a really uh, amazing guest today um, lots of uh, insights and um, uh, you know I think resources and uh, actionable um, uh, you, you know sort of content there um, uh, for I, I guess those that are, are listening so thanks for, for joining the show 
Yeah, thanks, Alex. Uh, thanks for your invitation. Yeah, no, you're, you're most welcome. And, uh, and for those that are listening, um, we'd love it if you liked and enjoyed this uh, show, found it useful, that if you could rate and review it uh, on iTunes. And uh, we we'll look forward to speaking to you next time.